With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on February 21st, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Academy of Foreign Languages. If you have any interest in learning a new language or brushing up on existing language skills, you should know about the Academy of Foreign Languages. Located in Palos Verdes, the Academy of Foreign Languages specializes in the art of communication. Their mission is to provide the finest language instruction possible. They recognize that each student has distinctive needs and craft their teaching technique to optimize an individual's particular learning skills. At the Academy of Foreign Languages, they strive to create a comfortable environment conducive to learning. So whether you're learning a new language or would simply like to converse in your native tongue, the Academy of Foreign Languages can accommodate you. For additional information, visit their website at academyofforeignlanguages.com, that's all spelled out, or call 310-975-4133. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And, of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of The South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? I am well. I'm, I'm doing well. You know, and I hear something really funny. I got up this morning and I turned on uh, the news. Uh, do, you have, um, do you have Spectrum? Do you have Time Warner or do you have something else for your cable? We, we have Frontier. You have Frontier. Okay. Well, Spect- yes. uh, Spectrum, which is the arm of uh, Time Warner, they have a thing mm-hmm. now where when you turn on your TV, it automatically goes to this uh, Channel 1, Spectrum 1, they call it. You know how, you know how mm-hmm. normally, if you, say you're watching something at night and, you, and you, you turn off the TV and you go to bed, and then you get up and you turn the TV on, it's on the same station. Well, now it doesn't do that. Now it goes, every time you turn on your TV, it goes right to the Spectrum 1. So anyway, I turned mm-hmm. on the TV this morning, and um, who was on it? You want to take, you want to try and take a guess? Or, or we could do uh, it all day if you try a guess. <laughs> I don't know. Pope, Pope Francis. Pope Francis. <laughs> no, but close. <laughs> close. It was our friend Nick Arquette. What? Yeah, yeah, he was on Spectrum cool. One. They um they interviewed him regarding his uh nonprofit Walk with Sally and what they do. Yeah. And they had a nice they yeah. had a nice little segment with him, uh, you know. Oh, that's it, great. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Nick that early in the morning. We've spoken to him early in the morning, but I don't think I've ever seen him that early in the morning. So, uh, yeah. So, so I uh, grabbed my I grabbed my phone. And I took a couple of pictures of the TV. So I got I got to post those uh, to social media as soon as, as soon as the show is over. I'm going to be posting pics of Nick on uh, on Spectrum One. Yeah. And <laughs> and the weather has been so strange lately. It's been so I know, clear. I know. But cold. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I woke up at. I woke up at. Um, uh, I guess it was about four thirty this morning, and um, boy, it was howling out there. I could, you know, mm. it, last week. Last week, I posted on social media. I was like, "Is anybody's house getting hit with stuff?" 
I mean, it was like every five five seconds something was hitting my house. Things were falling on the roof. Uh, things were hitting the sides, the windows. I was like, it, 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 I mean, it was it was crazy. The when was it earlier this week or last week? And I, I'm trying to remember, but but early early this morning it was howling out there. I could I could mm-hmm. hear my I could I could hear my deck furniture skittering across the deck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but now it seems calm. Well, I think this is the calm before the storm. I just heard on Spectrum One. <laughs> they do, you know, they they do it all local, right? So it's specific to this mm. area. They said that uh, this afternoon is our best chance for rain and possibly thunder showers. So. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get a little okay. thunder and lightning. All right. Maybe. It's been quite <clears throat> quite the last few weeks of, of uh, weather, uh, or last month and a half or two yeah. of weather, but uh, I'm looking for some warmth. I'm looking for <laughs> some warmth. I hope it'll come soon. And we're going to talk about one of the jewels here in the South Bay. There are so many different jewels of various kinds and various topics, but this is really a very special place, uh, a place where people learn about, you know, our greatest asset, which is the Pacific Ocean, which is right next mm-hmm. door. And mm-hmm. uh, we're excited. Uh, Jackie, who are our guests today? Our guests this morning are Maria Madrigal and mm-hmm. Adrian Calbraith from Celeb in Redondo Beach. Now, Maria has worked at the, at, at the C-Lab uh, program of the Los Angeles Conservation Corps since September of 1999 after graduating from Loyola Marymount University. After serving two years as an AmeriCorps member, she became a C-Lab staff member and established the volunteer program. In 2002, Maria took over all aspects of the education program. In 2005, she earned her Master of Science degree in Ecological Teaching and Learning from Lesley University and received the Informal Teaching Excellence Award from Quick Science Ocean Leadership Awards. She joined a team of scientists in American Samoa aboard a research vessel as part of NOAA's Teaching at Sea program in 2012. Now, after 15 years of leading environmental education programs and developing curriculum, she became the director of C-Lab. This past summer, she participated in Al Gore's Climate Reality Leadership Corps training. Now, Adrian Calbraith is the public program supervisor at the C-Lab, and my contact over there, uh, a resident of El Segundo. She loves the South Bay and hopes to inspire an appreciation for the environment and marine sciences throughout the community by hosting fun and educational events at C-Lab. Now, C-Lab has recently developed several new programs for the public, including the Nature Art Series and Badge Series. And this morning, we're going to learn about all the very cool stuff they offer the community. Maria, Adrian, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, This is truly one of the most unique uh, educational experiences I think that our children are able to take. There's there's a couple of, of boats that go out on the ocean that take children uh, out there to experience the water, but the Sea Lab is a very easy and simple uh, uh, experience for many people. Um, tell us about when it started. How did the Sea Lab? Uh, the Sea the Lab actually started out of a, a settlement between uh, Earth Island Institute and Southern California Edison. And uh, the goal was to try to um, encourage you know, careers within the marine sciences. And so because of that interest, especially uh, trying to target an audience that isn't widely represented in the marine sciences or in environmental education in general, uh, they partnered with the, or they chose the Los Angeles Conservation Corps, who had already a 10-year history of working with that uh, demographic. And so uh, the location where we are was actually Edison's research facility. And so it was, it seemed like a natural fit for them to convert that and turn it into an education center, which is what we are now. Um, and it really started with something, you know, very small. And, uh, you know, over the years, we developed it and, and grown it uh, to be what it is today, which, you know, really we reach about, you know, anywhere from 10,000 to 18,000 kids 
every year. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it is quite a unique facility. What was the facility before C-Lab? It was actually a research center for um, Southern Yes. Okay. I I think we got I think somebody I think somebody was muted there. Um oh. Adrian, you with us? Uh yes, I'm still here. Uh, um uh, yeah. so okay. it, it, anyway, so Maria was saying that it was um uh research uh a center for the for the uh electric company. A- Adrian, how long have they been in that building? How long has C-Lab been in that building? Um, it's been there since 1997, so <clears throat> we just had our 20-year anniversary um, a couple years ago. So we've been around for quite a long time. Okay, okay. So we, you know, the the extent of the uh, training there, most people only experience with their children. Most people, do you find that a lot of adults find the C-Lab by, by themselves or, or uh, through local hotels or so forth? Do you find that true? Um, I do think that a lot of people find out about it through local hotels or restaurants, um, things like that. But we are, I feel like our core demographics are people with kids who are looking for uh, an educational experience for them. Um, so that mm-hmm. is part of what we've been trying to do with some of the upcoming events is to reach out to um, all different kinds of demographics because um, while it is a really great place for kids, um, it's very hands-on and very educational. Um, It's also really fun Mm -hmm. for adults who just want to learn a little bit more about marine science and, um, you know, do something that is a little bit out of the ordinary, you know, the ordinary day. So, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, we do, we do get, um, we do get some uh, adults coming in without kids, but uh, certainly our primary audience are our families with young kids. That that would right, be me, right. Adrian. That that would be yeah. me. I'm one of those adults <laughs> that comes in without kids. Um, it, you know, I love the location. I love where it is. It's right on the bike path. It's right on mm-hmm. the bike path. Uh, and, it is, and, yeah. Yeah, and many times, like, I'll be riding my bike, and you'll have like a special banner or something out there, and I'll just I'll just get off my bike and go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. very um, it's you know it's very accessible to people who are just on a morning walk or you know heading home from the beach and they just want to stop in. Um, so we have a really cool location. It's right by the uh, near where the yacht club is and the chart house. So it's um, definitely very accessible to everybody. Uh, Joe, did you Very. bring did you bring did you bring your kids there, Joe, when they were young? Absolutely, absolutely. That was a a a, a must stop for our children several several times during their uh, their school years. Uh, not just in preschool, which a lot of preschoolers go, but uh, in uh, the upper grades of secondary school, like fifth and sixth and seventh grade. That was a very popular place, and especially for those kids doing science projects based on the sea, they often would go to Sea Lab and and collaborate with docents there on on their project. Wow! So yeah, well, did okay. you guys Several. come uh, for the for the public, or uh, did they happen to be on any field trips? That was a typically a field trip. I'm thinking of from uh, the Hermosa Beach School District. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. no, we're just yeah. hitting on all sorts of things here. So, where should we start? Um, you mentioned Adrian that your 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 main demo is the, this kids in school. Um, tell us about tell us about homeschoolers because there are so many more people being kids being homeschooled these days, and facilities like yours really help them to fulfill their requirements. T- tell us how that works, please. Well, we do have some um, <clears throat> field trip programming, um, which I think benefits homeschoolers um, a lot of the times uh, because it's, again, like I said, it's a low-cost way for uh, for schools, including, you know, public schools and also homeschools to, to come and get some hands-on science experiments or experience. Um, 
So, you know, they can come to the sea lab. They can learn about uh, the different kinds of local sea life. Um, we generally do a touch tank tour uh, where they can actually be able to touch some of the animals that we have. Um, and that, that portion of it, I think, really, uh, really makes that connection between the kids and nature. Um, you know, in the, in the classroom, they're learning about it all the time, but until they see it up close and can touch it and, you know, really connect with it, I think that's when it kind of sinks in for them. Um, so I think that's a really cool experience, especially for, um, for homeschool students um, to be able to have that available to them. Um, so, yeah. I would imagine mm-hmm. that's got to make all the difference in the world from looking at looking at a picture of a sea anemone in a book and and seeing it up close and personal. Uh, it's got it's to make all the difference in the world. Yeah, definitely. We, um, you know, our our core members uh, who lead a lot of our programming, uh, they really um, they're really excited about our animals and educating the kids, and you can just see it in the in the faces of the kids when they're going on a touch tank tour and learning about these animals and they're getting to touch a sea cucumber um, and see how, how squishy it feels. You know, they can, you can kind of see them, you can kind of see them lighting up as they're, as they're learning about these things. So it's, it's really cool to be able to provide that kind of platform for them. Right. right. I, my, my favorite is the eels, the, the, the eels that you have in the tanks. They are just so, the eels. they're, they're like prehistoric. <laughs> You know, they're just they're yeah. so strange looking, but they're so cool. They're definitely a couple yeah. of characters. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that, Jackie, because a lot of people sometimes think that they're ugly, but they I, actually they're one of my favorites too. So I'm glad that somebody else appreciates them as much as I do. Yeah, no, they're, yeah. they're very cool. I, yeah, yeah, I've dragged people in there just to see the eels. So, you know, I don't. <laughs> I, let's just say, let's just say, I'm glad there's glass between us. All right, just that's okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, um, and okay. So, um, Joe, uh, Adrian sends yeah. me um, their flyers to their events every month, and it yeah. used to be, yeah. it used to be for a long time, it was your monthly festivities, um, right. and it, you know, generally on a Saturday from like ten to two or something, and they they, it, they were generally themed. You know, like during March they might have a St. Patrick's Day theme. During February they might have like a Valentine's theme. And and I noticed in the last couple of months you've been adding a bunch of programs. Um, uh, not a bunch, a couple of programs. Um, you you want to tell us about those? Sure. Um, so. Uh, we've been trying to add more weekend programming. Um, like I said uh, about our demographic, um, part of the reason is to be able to reach out to different um, different people in the community who might not know about the C-Lab and give them a platform to, to come in and get a little bit of hands-on activities. Um, and part of it, it kind of stems from a scout day that we had done previously uh, where we had one day and there were multiple different activities where uh, uh, we were aiming towards girl and boy scouts to come to come in and, and do these hands-on activities and earn credit towards badges. Um, and we thought it would be really cool to kind of expand that and give them even more opportunities. You know, some, sometimes it would be difficult to do all of these different activities in one single day. Um, so that kind of is where our scout badge series came in. Um, so that is uh, activities that we kind of geared towards boy, boy and girl scouts to, to earn badge credit um, and just give them a platform for that. Um, but, that, the but, that one, but, that's, but it's not just open to scouts, right? I mean, anybody, you don't have to be a boy or a girl scout to do those, correct? Exactly, yeah. We kind of, yeah. Uh, we kind of gear the curriculum towards that, but it's, um, it's open, open to the public. So we can, uh, anybody who wants to get a, a little bit of marine science education or some hands-on outdoors experience, they're definitely welcome to join in because it's uh, pretty fun for everybody. Okay. All right. Continue. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. um, so that was kind of the, the idea behind our scout badge series. Um, so we had started doing that. And then um, luckily we have uh, some core members and Maria, our director who are very artistic. So we have uh, started this, um, nature art series, which has been really cool. Um, we've been uh, doing everything from 
building succulent planters to having uh, bracelet-making workshops. Um, the last one we had was hosted by King Harbor Brewing Company uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, so we've been doing all different sorts of things that aren't necessarily uh, specifically marine science related, but it's definitely um, you know nature related. So the succulent planters, uh, we can teach people about the local local species of succulents. We can get them some hands-on experience um, building their own planters. Um, so things like that, where we can kind of incorporate nature into um, into into arts and crafts and give people a different kind of platform. You know, Joe, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, Adrian just mentioned. Uh, she mentioned the uh, event uh, 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 sponsored by by. Who who was it? Uh, was it King Harbor Brewing? That yeah, King Harbor this? Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah. It was called Bros Beers and Bracelets. Is that is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bros Beers and Bracelets, and I love that. You see, I love that. That's thinking outside the box, right? Yeah, and definitely that was uh, kind of our goal. You know, people people who might uh, go to the brewery just on a Saturday might not be the ones who would think about coming to the Sea Lab. So um, we're you're you know we're trying to reach that demographic and you know appeal to people who may not know about the Sea Lab and get the word out and let them know that it's a pretty cool place right. to come. Yeah, no, you that's can go very very can... important. Yeah, I go. You go make a bracelet, have a beer, get it back on your bike. It could be part of a, a pub crawl or something. I like. Yeah, it. definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You you have to reach outside your your um, your home demographic so you can expand the program. Tell us a little bit, uh, if you can, about how the C Lab is funded in percentage terms. How much comes from the state, how much comes from your efforts, you know, retail and donations. I think that would go to Maria. That is Maria. Okay. Maria. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a question for me. Um, you know, over the years it's been about, you know, fifty percent have been private grants, um, in terms of the funding. Um, and then uh after our ten year mark we diversified a little bit more, so we have individual contracts. Some are federal, some have been state, um, you know, and it just varies year by year. But in the last few years, mm-hmm. it's been um, there's been loss of funding overall, um, and so we've had to mm-hmm. rely on more on like actual fee for service programs. So kind of like all the programs that Adrian has been great about developing, um, we've been trying to do a lot more of that to again increase the audience and diversify the audience that comes in to the C-Lab um, mm-hmm. because, again, there's, it's been – every year it's more challenging to apply for grants um, because, you know, there's so many programs, especially in Southern California, uh, that it's very, really competitive uh, to receive a lot of the mm-hmm. grants. So, um, so, but overall it's varied over the year, but we, we kind of have a little bit of everything. So from private foundations giving us funds to, you know, the everyday person that walks in the door and gives a donation, it, it, all, it all adds up. Mm-hmm. Fee for service, though, is something that is in your control, something that you can do. Is there is there a requirement that you do these um, fee for service uh, operations in the C Lab facility, or can you branch out and have like the C Lab truck that could go to other locations and provide um, some contact with uh, marine science uh, outside of the facility? Yeah, no, we can definitely, I mean, having the, the traveling tide pool really allows us to go yes. out into the community. And like I said, and like yeah. Adrienne said, our goal has been to reach out to our community partners, too. We've, we've worked with Tarzan, who's just, you know, next door to us, but working with King Harbor Brewery and working with any other mm-hmm. local businesses uh, to diversify who we reach. And again, trying to reach those people that maybe, you know, maybe running by the sea level. And we get that a lot of like, oh, I, I ride my bike there all the time and not everybody like Jackie will stop by because they're, you know, they're on a mm-hmm. mission. They're going somewhere. Um, so mm-hmm. trying to ex- beyond just the Sea Lab, we have done that. We go out to schools as well, um, and we go to community events as well with the, the traveling type mm-hmm. that we um, have had now for a little over you know, almost 15 years, I want to say. I love traveling that. Tide traveling pool. tide pool. I know. Yes. The traveling tide pool. <laughs> 
It doesn't it sound feasible. How do, you travel, how do you travel with the tide pool? Well, in the last, actually, last year we received some funds to update our travel program. The name hasn't changed, but um, last year we received, a, and it's basically a trailer that we travel out. It allows us to basically have a platform where, you know, our instructor or our, our leader will be in the center and our guests or the students are around the trailer and they all get a chance to touch and see the animals and the instructor being in the center, allow, you know, it can answer all the questions, uh, giving everybody a chance to interact. Traveling time. So it's a great okay. addition. Yeah, fantastic. You well, know, I want I oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, there's no, something no, I wanted to on, ask about. Please. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm not quite clear on what's going on, but I know for a couple of years there, um, a, a group down in the harbor. It may have been, I think, it, it, well, it was Julie Cole. <clears throat> I can't remember if it was sponsored by the King Harbor Yacht Club or the Marina or whatever, but I know Sea Lab was involved. There was a sea fair that they did for a couple of years. And I don't think they did it last summer, but tell us about that effort. That was a, that was like a, a Harbor community effort to, was it, was it Seafair? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Julie Cole was the, the main uh, organizer for that. And uh, the Sea Lab got involved, I think, um, you know, maybe three years ago. As the first year that uh, we kind of expanded, it started originally uh, just at the King Harbor Yacht Club. And then when we got involved, we expanded it to obviously reach the Sea Lab and the King Harbor uh, Yacht Club. So it was in two locations. And then the last year that we did it, we sprayed at the other side of the harbor to really make it um, a larger community uh, event. Uh, but an event like that takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort and so this past year, we, we chose uh, Julie's plate was pretty full, and, and so was mine. And so we uh, reached out to other people, and it's just the timing wasn't right, I think, for others to step up and kind of help organize the event. But it was a, a really great event that, uh, you know, highlighted a lot of what the marina does and this, the harbor does here. Um, you know, everybody from stand-up paddleboard uh, organizations participated, water safety. It was it just covered a lot of topics that highlight what Redondo can offer. Yeah, I remember that mm-hmm. the last year that that you did it, uh, it was so spread out that they actually, I think they had shuttle buses to take you from, from the different points of where things were going on. Um, right. and, and Joe, you know, Joe, it just comes, it comes mm-hmm. back to it again, that you're 80, 20, is it 80, 20% or is it 90, 10%? What, what are we going with these days? <laughs> Eight, 80 20 is the standard. Okay, 80 20. Unless you're trying to. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Julie Go Cole, on. as Maria just said, you know, this she was the organizer for this. You know, and, and yeah, life gets busy. You know, you can't do everything. So things suffer. But it's like, you know, she brought all these people together to make this thing happen. And, and she just, her plate got you know, filled and she couldn't do it. And, and so unfortunately for the community, you know, we lost a good event, you know, it, it really does take up, you know, the, 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 the nonprofits and the volunteers and the people willing to grab the clipboard and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully somebody in the future can, you know, decide that it was worth having and, you know, and bring it again. Um, But again, yeah, the timing was for both of us carry such a large event. I was a little bit beyond what we could handle, unfortunately. Oh, oh, we get it. We get it. We under we understand that completely. <laughs> hey, Joe, why don't we do a, a quick station break? Sure, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show, and we're we're very thrilled to have you. We're on the air from uh, eight to nine uh, Thursdays and Fridays. On Thursdays, it's uh, South Bay Spotlight, and on Fridays. It's the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Um, a, we love these shows, and we, we hope you'll uh, uh, join us and share them with your friends and neighbors uh, around the world. And today, we're talking with the C-Lab. Uh, Maria and uh, Adrian are giving us the lowdown on all the programs that the C-Lab has to offer, and we're, we're talking about a very unique resource here in the South Bay. Um, most of our children 
uh, in the beach cities have had some contact with the the Sea Lab, and uh, they're expanding their efforts, and uh, we're we're having a, a great time. Um, what's next, Jackie? What do we want to know next? Well, I want to touch on um, the volunteer program because, again, without the volunteers, a lot of these organizations right. just wouldn't be able to bring what they do to the community. So, uh, who wants to tell uh, tell us, Adrian? Do you do you handle the volunteer program? I do, yeah. So um, our volunteer program is uh, its a pretty cool program. It's definitely very hands-on. Um, <clears throat> so we get volunteers through um, online applications, uh, and we generally do an orientation when we get enough uh, volunteers um, and have the need uh, to bring more on. Um, so they go through an orientation process um, and a training and then um, from that point, they are doing a lot of stuff around the Sea Lab, um, everything from uh, helping us clean the tanks to making crafts for birthday parties um, and leading our touch tank tours. Um, so we find that um, a lot of the volunteers that come to us are, you know, they're obviously very interested in marine science, um, but they're also getting some other skills too. You know, they're learning how to... Um, how to work with the public. Um, sometimes public speaking can be one of their uh, not so strong points, um, and we're getting them kind of that experience, being able to lead a group through um, through the touch tank tours. Um, and I think it's a really fun, really fun and educational experience for them. Um, a lot of our volunteers are high school students from around the area. Um, we do have uh, volunteers who work in our native plant nursery. Um, so volunteers are. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, very pivotal to what we do. Um, we wouldn't really be able to run on the weekends a lot without them. They're they're leading our our tours. They're, um, you know, they're helping us helping us reach out to the public. So we really we really uh, love our volunteers. So <laughs> so does so is it? Do you find it's is it strictly? Uh, younger people pursuing an education in marine sciences. Uh, I'm sure that fulfills some credits for them. But do you get, do you get any of the uh, older population, seniors, coming in to volunteer? Um, sometimes, yeah. It's, uh, it's not as much as, um, as the high school population, uh, especially mm-hmm. as of late. Um, but we do, we do get some seniors coming in um, to, to help us out, especially on weekdays. Um, you know, because obviously high school students can't really come in on weekdays. So we we do really like to have the, the older population coming in and helping us out, too. Yeah, yeah, that's important. That's important. The volunteers, they keep the wheels turning, Joe. They do. They do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love the program. We love the facility. Now we want to make sure that <clears throat> it continues and we want to know how people can help. Maria, how can people get involved if they want to become uh, a part of the family? Oh, that's a great question, and thank you for asking that. I mean, there's two ways, I, just to follow up on the, the volunteering aspect of things. Uh, Adrian mentioned our native plant nursery, and we do have still uh, a restoration project out on the Redondo Beach Bluffs along the Esplanade. And we will be having um, a few volunteer days out there on Saturdays from 9 to 12, starting in March. Um, and so we'll be posting that information out because people want to participate that way. That's a one-time volunteer thing. If you need, you know, a few hours for school as well, it could be a great day for that. Um, so, I mean, obviously volunteering your time is a great way of doing that. But financially, uh, people can also just go directly to our, our website, our parent website, which is the Conservation Corps website, which is www.lacorps.org. And that's uh, L-A-C-O-R-P-S dot O-R-G. And if you, there's a button that says donate. Uh, you can then designate where your funds, uh, you, where your, you want your funds to go to. And so you just click on that uh, button and you say the C-Lab, and then those funds will go to us. Um, because, again, the C-Lab is just one program of the L.A. Conservation Corps. Uh, so you just want to make sure you make that little designation to make sure that uh, your help is going to the right place. Or you could pop in uh, on a bike ride and go in and just stick stick a couple of bucks in in, in the box there. Uh, 
you know, that it doesn't get exactly. any easier than that, right? Yeah. And by the way, exactly. I did not know I did not know that it was C Lab that's doing the bluff restoration. I had no idea. Oh, I remember yeah. when that's I remember when that started. Yeah, is, many is years it, is, ago actually. Is it just C Lab or are you doing that in conjunction with uh, somebody uh, somebody else or is it LA Conservation Corps? Well, it's uh, it's the Sea Lab crew that's out there doing the work, and it's uh, this time we went back to the bluffs uh, with the sponsorship from Boeing and from U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. So again, when you asked about you know where does our funding come from, this is an example of funding sources from two different um, organizations. You know, one is government and another one is private, so or corporate, and so um, but it's a way to come back. And just kind of replenish, you know, you, we did the restoration project, like you mentioned, back in like 2005, 2006. And, um, you know, the bluffs kind of established themselves. But what, we, uh, or what we're doing now is going back and giving it a little bit of help, you know, kind of putting more of the buckwheat, which is the host plant for the endangered El Segundo blue butterfly, which is why that project was started. Um, and just kind of giving it a little bit of help of putting more, more natives in there. Uh, because over time, the weeds, you know, creep in, and especially with all this rain. Uh, we've had a lot of, which is great, um, but it also, you know, it helps the weeds grow as much as it does the natives. So uh, we're going to have you know, the volunteer day. You know, I have to tell you, I remember, as I said, I remember when that started. I would see people out there because I, I walked my dog every day along there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, Joe, I don't know if you remember, but those bluffs mm-hmm. along the Esplanade, it used to be all ice plant, which mm-hmm. – I. I don't I don't know the history of iPlant. I don't know if it's native to this area or whatever, but it wasn't I guess what was originally there. Um and mm-hmm. they came through and they, you know, pulled out a bunch of this ice plant and they put these native shrubs and stuff in and I have to tell you what a difference it made because you would walk a lot, as again, I would walk there every day, sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. And there was no life. There was no life. Within, I would say, six months of them doing this restoration, I remember walking along. I remember the first time I saw it was some sort of a lizard, uh, a newt, and after I, I don't know, I don't know what kind it was, but it was, you know, it was about five or six inches, and it, and it and it ran across my my feet on the esplanade, and I went into the bushes, and soon afterwards you started seeing butterflies and more and more, you know, insects and stuff, but it it made an absolute difference in that. Now now I see those. I don't know what they are. One of one of you ladies probably can tell me what they are. What are the little lizards that run around there? There's there's two types of lizards, and I'm learning this myself because obviously my knowledge is stronger with the marine life. But um, I know there's a western western fence lizard that's out there, and I forget the other one. But there are two that are specifically in that area, and it's great to hear that people mm-hmm. make those observations just like you did, Jackie. You know, there's more birds there. There's more life there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the ice plant is actually not local. It's, I think, African, like originally from Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's ugly. It's just it's ugly except for the three weeks it blooms <laughs> in April. But the rest of the time it's just ugly. But it really did. And I remember that lizard ran across. I, it scared the pants off me. You know, you're walking along and all of a sudden something runs across you and you're like, whoa, what is that? Um, so it absolutely has made all the difference in the world. And one other quick observation, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm originally from the East Coast, right? Normally, for most of the country, for the vast majority of the country, the winter is cold, dark, dreary, brown, trees are bare mm-hmm. of leaves, you know, and, and, and a lot of it's buried under snow. Never ceases to amaze me how here in Southern California, when winter rolls around, everything greens up. I mean, if you're just mm-hmm. with all this rain we're having, literally driving driving any street that has like a median that's normally just like hard pack, right? Everything yeah. is mm-hmm. everything is green now. Everything is covered in green. If you look up at Palos Verdes on the hill, it's all green. If you go down to the Esplanade, it's it's just it's exploding. Yes, yes. Right. So it, it's it's right. really amazing to see you in in the middle of February. It, you know, December, January, February, when you, when in your mind you, you sh- you're thinking, oh, it should be, you know, cold and that, 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 and, and everything here is turning green. I mean, I so help me God, Joe, I've seen some so much green. It's like I'm like, is this Ireland? It's just, I mean, <laughs> just lush, really, really, really lush. So. 
Yeah, I had no idea that it was C-Lab that was doing that restoration. Well, kudos to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I, and I said, you know, people ask us, you know, how can we get involved? And there's so many different ways. Like you said, you can walk in, mm-hmm. participate in the activities that we offer. You can come out to the Bluffs and help with that project as well. And one of the other, actually, um, that Adrienne is helping coordinate is another uh, educational opportunity is at the Bluffs. It's a, it's a, it's an, a seasonal observation. So when we are doing the work out there in the afternoons from 1 to 3, we're also going to be doing a phenology series. And phenology is basically simply observations that you make as the seasons change. And a lot of times people say, you know, California doesn't really have seasons, um, but we do. You know, there, there are subtle changes uh, that happen throughout the months and the seasons. And so this series will be focusing um, and looking at that specifically, you know, what, what type of plants are blooming, when are they blooming, what kind of life do you see, what are those two little lizards that are running around. Um, so it's a great series, mm-hmm. and the first one, uh, we'll be, again, uh, starting – we're starting this, actually, introducing it this Saturday um, with the Nature Sketch uh, class that we're doing, and then it'll officially start the following uh, month in, uh, in March. So that's another thing for people to look out, just to keep track of that and see when those classes come up as well. So, mm-hmm. so has, wanna... the blue butterfly, have, has the blue butterfly made an appearance on the bluffs? Do we know? The bluffs? Uh, yes, the blue butterfly shows up every summer. Uh, their flight season begins maybe, we saw them last year, late May, and they are, you can see them uh, through August pretty much. Um, so they're out there, and we will also have Ann Dalkey, who is um, our advisor, who's a biologist that kind of started this whole project many years ago. Uh, she does butterfly walks, and so in the summer we'll also advertise those. Um, but again, they, last year we saw them at the end of May when we were working out there, and you'll see them June, July. They're really tiny, um, but if they're you have really tiny out there. Yeah, they're really yeah, they're tiny. Really they're like tiny. A, no bigger than the size of a quarter. So I mean, they're they're really small. Uh, so, but they're beautiful to see. Once you see one, though, you can really spot them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adrian, uh, Adrian, were, you were going to say something. You were going to add something. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to kind of add on to uh, what Maria was saying about our phenology series um, and just ways to get involved. Um, We have a whole bunch of things coming up uh, within the next month or two between now and uh, April. We actually have two things coming up this Saturday. One of them is the phenology series um, where we'll focus on, you know, how to be a responsible observer of nature, uh, really teach people how to spot the details, um, like Maria was saying about the changes, uh, the changes in various species as the seasons change. Um, but we're also in the morning this Saturday, we're going to do a, a birding class, which um, that is going to be co-hosted by Bob Shanman from Wild Birds Unlimited. Um, and that is going to be at the Sea Lab and will be... Um, we'll be birding. So we'll be teaching um, participants about local species, what, you know, what kind of birds they can see um, just by literally going outside to the marina. Um, And that's what we'll be doing. We'll also be going over binoculars, um, doing uh, a trek outside, um, and getting some hands-on birding experience. Um, So those those are other ways that people can get involved. And we really benefit from word of mouth. So if you if people are hearing about this event and maybe it doesn't exactly appeal to them, but they know somebody who loves, who loves birding, um, you know, tell you, tell your friends, tell us to tell them to follow us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, check us out on Eventbrite because we'll be posting all of these events. And, you know, if you hear about it from somebody and it might not be your thing, but it might, might be somebody else's thing. So that's, I think that's really beneficial to us when, when people kind of spread the word about mm-hmm. the things we have coming up. I, mm-hmm. I I have to apologize. I believe I've been pronouncing your name wrong this whole time. It's Adrienne, not Adrian. Uh, right. That is that is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I apologize. I apologize. My, um, my mom okay. specifically will will pronounce each syllable. Adrienne. Adrienne. Okay. Adrienne. Yeah. Adrienne. Okay. Um, yeah. So so one of the one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is. Your at your physical location. Um, I over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of talk about redevelopment of the harbor and you know all these things going on. The sale of the AES plan of which your building it was originally a part of. Um, do you know if you are going to you know if and when anything happens 
with the AES property across the street. Do you know what, what is the fate of C-Lab? Don't have a concrete um, idea exactly what will happen, but we are working with the city um, and the new owner to try and figure out, um, you know, what exactly will be the best location for us in the future. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, at this point, we're basically just kind of still exploring different options. Mm-hmm. So, so you're so right now. It's just AES. They let they let you be in that building. They're they're just letting you use it. They didn't give you title to it or anything. They they're just letting you use it. Correct. Over the the years that we've been there, um, AES uh, they, once they purchased the property from Edison, allowed us to stay in that location. Um, you know, and and they said over the years, as long as that they would be here, that we would be there. Um, but if as you know, uh, they are selling the property, and so it, it does impact us. And like you said, we're still exploring different options to see, um, mm-hmm. you know, what is the best fit and the best location for us in the future. Yeah, it's a good location. Mm-hmm. It's a good location. <clears throat> is, is the sale complete? Has the new owner actually committed to purchasing, or is it still in, in process? I believe the know? purchase of our actual plot is um is as is done, but I think there are it's I think the sale of the larger property is still in negotiations as far as I'm I'm concerned. I I, as far as I know. I see. I see. I see. Well, um it's it's they would be uh if they wanted to um continue the tradition of having, you know, uh, obviously uh entertainment and uh education on the waterfront obviously the sea lab would be a integral part of that and i'm sure they would hear that from everyone that they talk to including the city and, and others so i'm sure that they will consider that because uh it's just such an amenity to have education about this wonderful resource called the pacific ocean uh, right near uh, the Pacific Ocean, it's it's uh, it kind of fits. I'm yeah. sure that they will want. <laughs> we we hope so. We hope that that is the the, the bigger picture. Right. And it's right, and right, it's right. just a cool build. It's a cool building. It's just a cool building. You know. Right. Right. It, you know, it's it's it, you know they don't they don't make them like that anymore. You know. Yeah, it's a very cool yeah. It definitely, yeah. it definitely sets us aside from other aquariums. I mean, we always say, you know, we may not be pretty, but uh, it, we are definitely, uh, you know, a little unique in that way. It it it, it ties in the history of the place, um, you know, and we we've done the best that we can with it and, and turned it into an education center. So um, I think uh, it's an interesting location and it does make us uh, unique in that sense of because you know in Southern California there are many other. Um, marine education centers, um, you know, in different areas because we are so large, but, um, you know, we, we stand out a little bit in that sense of, of, of converting an industrial location basically to a marine education center that, you know, can educate kids about local marine life. And like you said, you know, people can, those that can afford to go out on a boat, that's great. Um, but if you can't and, or maybe you're afraid or you get seasick, you know, we offer that easy opportunity to just walk in and learn about the local marine life that we have here. So, and at an affordable rate. I mean, we we used to be free, um, but like I said, we've had some financial issues. And so we've had to, last year was the first year that we started charging an admission fee of $5, which is still very affordable. And, um, you know, and and it's still free for kids. So it's a great family event, Um, you know, a family place to come because, if you go anywhere else, you know, a family of four can easily spend a lot of money. But here, the adults are the ones that pay and the kids come in for free. So, um, you know, we really want to encourage more people to come and take advantage of the fact that we are here um, for people to learn and ask questions. And our volunteers and our core members are really excited to share uh, their knowledge. You know, now that you mention that, a family of four, <laughs> mm-hmm. boy, oh, boy, you know, even if you're just going for a day of skiing now, do you have any idea right. how much lift tickets are now? I mean, lift tickets have gotten so expensive. You know, and, 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 and skiing is just an extreme example of that. I mean, there are some ski resorts that are charging a $200 a day lift ticket, you know. Wow. It, 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 but, but as I said, that's an extreme example. Even a day at the going to a ball game is super expensive now. 
mm-hmm. I mean, never mm-hmm. mind just buying the tickets, the hot dogs and popcorn and all the other stuff, but you're right. Um, and you get to see the eels. Now tell me something. Those eels that you have in those tanks, they actually are in our water here? Anybody? Maria? I'm sorry, Jackie, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the eels that you have in the tanks, are they slithering are they around? Yes. Wow, wow, okay. I didn't need to they know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'll typically you'll have to go search uh, really hard for them, but um, they're in, like, rocky crevices, so they, um, okay. they're not necessarily going to be out when you're swimming. Uh, but if you go into a rocky area, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be in there. They're local to Southern California for sure. Yeah, I'll stay away from the but rocky areas. How, <laughs> how how deep do they uh, like to be naturally? Naturally, I mean, if you go I mean, to like not... we've been to Catalina, uh, if you know you go off of the pier, they're right there. So they're only a few feet down. As long as they have a nice, you know, little crevice to go and hide in, um, they can be anywhere. So <laughs> they're they're not that deep. So you can, if you are, you know, snorkeling or a scuba diver, you you can you can encounter them if you're both searching for them. You know, right. yeah, you, Jackie, don't worry about that. Yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> you know, it's so, years ago. My husband and I were in Tahiti, and I was uh, I don't remember if I was scuba diving or snorkeling, but I was under the water and I was looking at this. Uh, it was like a reef or something. I I don't know the technical name, but it was very crevicey. It, it it was it was probably some sort of coral, and I just remember looking at it, and it took me a couple of seconds to realize that there were maybe a dozen heads of eels looking at me, looking back at me. You know, just their heads were sticking out of the holes in this this rock yeah, of how coral. Cool. Oh God, yeah. scared me to death. Scared me to death. I mean, you know, I, I, I took a big gulp of water and almost drowned. I was like, oh, because I I was just takes your brain. A, a, a little bit to realize what you're seeing. I was just yeah, being yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of a sudden I was like, ah! and, and that was it. So, um, yeah, I'll stay away from the rocky, the rocky bits. Um, okay, so, so, okay. So uh, tell us, uh, give us your hours, days of operation um, and give us some contact info of if people want to find out more or contact you, give us, give us all the, the, the stuff on the info page on your website. All right. Um, well, so right now we're open on Saturdays. Um, we're open from 10 to 4. Um, like Maria was saying, it's only $5 per person. Uh, kids are still free. Um, if you are going to stop by, I highly recommend doing a touch tank tour. We do them on the hour every hour, um, starting at 10 o'clock. Last one's at 3 o'clock, um, and it's, it's super fun. Um, so 10 to 4 on Saturdays. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Um, at facebook.com slash the period C period lab period LA core, um, or just go to Facebook and look up uh, the C lab program of the LA conservation core. Um, we're on Instagram um, at the C lab. Um, you can find our events on Eventbrite. Um, if you go to Eventbrite and then just type in the C lab, it'll come up with all of the ones that we've posted. Um, if you still have more questions, you can on, always contact me, um, Adrian. You can call 310-318-7438. That's the C-Lab main line. Um, you can also uh, send us an e- uh, uh, a message on Facebook. Um, you can send me an email. It's a long one, but I can spell it out for you if you'd like. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a, a whole bunch of ways uh, to get in touch with us. All right. And last but not least, um we always like to, you know, we know that nothing gets done without sponsors. If you would like to give a shout out to any of your sponsors, uh, you know, now's the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, um, we have well, first, uh, West. Sorry, let me just, uh, I just wanted to, like you said, Jackie, nothing gets done without uh, sponsorship. And uh, West Basin Municipal Water District, um, who serves the South Bay, uh, is a great supporter, and you know they they sponsor our programs and they really uh, help us get the message across about marine conservation, but also water conservation in general, which ties in nicely to the fact that we do have a native plant nursery and we have that restoration project out out there. But I think Adrienne wants to talk more about the local sponsors as well. Oh, I just wanted to give a, a shout out and a thank you to um, some of the businesses that we've been. 
um, pairing up with and, you know, just our community partners that have been really helpful in uh, being so on board with organizing events with us, uh, Bob from Wild Birds Unlimited, Linda from USCC Grant. Um, we did uh, pairing with Tarsan, uh, Stand Up Paddleboarding, King Harbor Brewing Company, um, and REI, to name a few. So we're just really thankful for those community partners that are uh, very willing to help us out. Also, um, in March, we have a foraging class coming up, and that is going to be uh, led by Amanda Jones. Um, and she has her own website called Botanical Busters. So um, she is another community partner that we're really thankful for. Whoa, 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 whoa. Foraging class as in going out and foraging for things that you can eat? That is true. That's coming up um, the last Saturday in March. Um, so it's going to be okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Where, so where would you go? Where, where, where would you go to do that? Uh, uh, that is going to take place. Um, at the Sea Lab. So um, there are a few uh, neighborhood patches around the Sea Lab. Um, she's really amazing. I've seen her, uh, one of her classes before. And, um, you know, she will teach you how to find all of those plants that you see every single day and just don't take into consideration that they can be used for, um, they can be food, they can be used for medicine or, you know, spiritual qualities. Um, so she's so she's going to point out all of those plants that people walk past every day and don't realize all of the benefits that they might have. You know, mm-hmm. I know a little bit about this, Joe. Joe, I know a little bit about mm-hmm. this because year, years ago I was a, a Martha Stewart uh, fan, and she's big on this. I know that you can eat dandelion greens, and right. is it ranunculus? ranunculus flowers are edible, I think. Mm-hmm. I, think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's fiddlehead ferns you can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, wow. I I don't remember it all, but I I kind of used to know a little bit about that. But that would be fun. For, that's my idea of fun. Um, wow. So yeah, you can get Joe <laughs> if you're if you're still doing your. Um, are you still a vegetarian? I am. Well, there you go. This is a class you could have. You could probably find a whole freaking meal in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, right. we actually have a we actually have a little garden and it's doing very very well and it has loved the recent weather and all the rain. So, oh, we're I doing bet. very well right now. Yeah. I bet. I bet. It's wonderful. Uh, um, well, okay, Adrienne. So, um, yeah, Adrienne. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful to have you with us, and we love the C-Lab. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. And Maria Madrigal, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate this outlet to let people know more about our program. So thank you so much. Yeah, this 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 format is very very in, you know intimate. I think people that listen to the show will feel that they've actually sort of met with you and talked with you on a one-to-one basis and that's what we really strive for so that people feel that they've seen you and talked to you and will feel comfortable coming in to the C lab and there's plenty of parking. Uh it's very easy to get to. Uh, we'd like to see you all come down and visit them uh, at the Sea Lab. It's it's wonderful. Uh, before oh, address, or after the address. Uh, a long we walk. Need the, we, yes, we the need the address. Yeah, the address. Oh, ten twenty one North Harbor, Harbor Drive in Redondo Beach. And and directions. Just straight down for me. Straight down Herondo. Uh, yeah, to, that, uh, and um, take the left. <laughs> Right. It's at the intersection of uh, North Harbor Drive and Yacht Club Way. So there's a sign yeah. for the Chart House restaurant right there. Um, you can't miss us. We have a big uh, Sea Life mural um, on the side of yeah. our building. So that's where we are. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank kind you so much. And uh, we'll see you at the sea soon <laughs> at the Sea Lab. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. Always Thank a pleasure, you. Joe. And mm. there you go. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow. What are we doing tomorrow, Jackie? Tomorrow we're going to have a couple of representatives from the Manhattan Beach Leadership Class. They're oh. going to talk about their class project, which is going to be very impressive. 
Right. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.